and welcome to the D&D Roundtable on the Tome Show Podcast Network. I'm your host, James Indracasso. If you're listening for the first time, welcome to the show. If you've been here before, do me a big favor. Go give us a great rating on iTunes. It takes 30 seconds, and it is a huge help to us. I read one five-star rating verbatim each episode and credit the person who left it. Make me say anything you want, but keep it clean, people. This is a family D&D news podcast. Here are the words of Tim 88 with a review entitled Best D&D Podcast on the Net. Tim8888 says, The Tome Show provides a consistent high quality and quantity of D&D news, interviews, and opinions. I look forward to seeing the roundtable show up in my feed each Monday without fail, and I also look forward to live recordings during Gen Con. Shout out to James Intracasso, who is quickly becoming a well-known gaming personality due to his upbeat and professional moderation of the show. Keep up the good work, fellow gamers. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Tim88. Your ears mean a lot to us, as does your review. Do you want to mean a lot to me? Guess what? You already do. But we need more reviews. Go online, take a literal minute, and help us out. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or the DMs Guild to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. I'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com, where out of print is available again. They have D&D and other tabletop RPGs. Any edition, any product. With Noble Knight, you can sell your old gaming products that you aren't using anymore and buy a whole bunch of new stuff. My product pick from Noble Knight for this episode is the Elf Ranger Gen Con 2003 promo mini. This is an awesome mini that was an exclusive at Gen Con. It is really hard to find. It is available for less than five bucks, four dollars and fifty cents at Noble Knight. Go get it now. There is a direct link in the show notes for this episode at the tomeshow.com. Let's hear a quick word from noblenight.com. Support for the Tome Show comes from Noble Knight. From Noble Knight. Noble Knight? Knight. Knight? Thousands of tabletop gamers use a Noble Knight to sell new and out-of-print games and products at a discounted price. Noble Knight will also buy back the game products you aren't using anymore. NobleKnight.com, the brick-and-mortar online store where out-of-print is available again. Tell them the Tome Show sent you. I use Noble Knight. You do? I love it. Okay, everybody, today we are talking about humor at the table. And before we get to our main topic, let's kick things off with our get-to-know-you question and meet our panel. This week's get-to-know-you question, what's one of the hardest times you've ever laughed at the table? Uh, Rudy Basso is back. Rudy, welcome to the round table. What's one of the hardest times you've ever laughed at the table? Sure. So in fourth edition, there was a class called the Avenger that was really wonky, and he had lots of weird like teleportation abilities. And for this particular quest, we were on an airship. It was going down. We the group had gotten separated. Everyone was trying to get to like a, an escape boat. One was completely filled up and starting to like leave the airship. And um, the player, who I think it was our friend Vegas, said, "I want to get on that airship." 
And you were like, well, you're not there. So he goes, all right, I want to use my ability that lets me teleport with someone who's currently on the escape ship and switch places with me. <laughs> so I remember James being like, all right, you make eye contact with a random guy. Then you're on the escape ship and he's back in the like burning airship. It's just like that guy was on vacation and he was having a good time. Things went sour. He thought he was free. And then suddenly – some jackass teleports him <laughs> back on the burning ship to escape. Um, that was just a, a really, really funny moment. And uh, I sure do miss the Avenger because <laughs> it had weird capabilities like that. It sure did. It sure did. Yeah, I do think um, sometimes some of the hardest times we laugh at the table are at the misfortune of other PCs or NPCs sometimes, uh, which For is sure. – a, a yep. point I definitely want to touch on later. Um, and Robert Aducci is back at the round table. Robert, welcome back. Uh, what's one of the hardest times you've ever laughed at the table? Thanks for having me. I think um, probably, you know, years and years ago, uh, we were playing and uh, I was still a relatively, relatively new DM. And um, someone, second edition, they were, we were playing Dark Sun and, uh, Somebody said, I, you know, I punch his leg and he did a ridiculous amount of damage, like just a stupid amount of damage, like way, way more than the guy had left or probably even than the guy had in total. And so I didn't know what to do. And I was just like, cause he just wanted to kind of like stun him or something. I forget. But I was just like, uh, you punch his leg off. And so it was just like one of those stupid things. And you're just like, like, like that was just more embarrassing. Uh, but we just saw, you know had a good time laughing at that punch you know just the image of someone punching someone's <laughs> leg off and it was dark sun so they're like ridiculously strong so you're like okay maybe you could do that right right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah and i do love the uh sometimes the dice can take you to a situation where you're like i need to justify the role right. of the dice <laughs> with what's going exactly. on um which is which is awesome and that's definitely another thing that uh that i want to talk about um but uh new and long overdue to the round table is uh the one and only michael ross uh of the rpg academy michael why don't you tell the people out there a little bit about yourself and your credentials since this is your first time on the show <laughs> Well, first off, thank you very much for the invite. I, I really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I'm the co-host, founder of the RPG Academy podcast. We've been around for about four years. Uh, we do a little bit of everything. So we have actual plays. We have uh, long-form campaigns and one-shots, and we try out new systems. We also have like GM theory and advice, kind of like what we're doing here tonight, just talking about some sort of topic and try to mine it for some nugget of usefulness that people who listen can uh, can get from it. And uh that's pretty much it. We, we do this a lot. We release a lot of episodes. Uh, we're coming up on four years, and we have almost 350 episodes. And at least two of them are pretty good, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and congratulations, I think, are certainly in order. Uh, you are an Emmy-nominated uh, yes, podcast. that is so cool. Yes, yeah, and well-deserved. You guys put a ton, a ton of work in, uh, and it's a great podcast. Everybody should definitely check it out. Uh, so what's one of the hardest times you've ever laughed at the table? You know, I've actually been trying to think of some good examples, and I find that humor, especially within role-playing games, are often so personal to the table that it doesn't always translate well. Uh, mm -hmm. So just forgive me if no one else thinks this funny, but I, I love puns. I absolutely <laughs> love puns. And at, at, at recently at Origins, I was playing a game with a couple of the guys from the Redemption podcast. Uh, we played Feng Shui 2, 
and there were some cybernetic apes that we were fighting. It was kind of like the climatic battle. And I don't remember exactly what the ape said, but he, he said some sort of pun. And I responded in character, get your puns off me, you damn dirty ape. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. And I think those moments, uh, all three of the ones that we've discussed, are really the, the moments that stick in our mind and, and make gaming awesome. And I, when I think about humor at the table, it's like, yeah, those are some of, some of the things that I can recall or maybe not the most dramatic storytelling moments, but the funniest moments at the table are always what spring to my mind first. Uh, which, I mean, that's that's part of what it's all about, right? You're hanging out at a table with your friends, um, be it virtual or in person, and you're you're having a great time laughing. And one reason I bring this up is because we're seeing now in a lot of actual play, and we always have an actual play, but we're seeing humor really be... You know, these things are are classified as comedies, I would say. You know, Dan Harmon just put out Harmon Quest on CISO, uh, which is him and his friends playing Pathfinder, and they're all comedians cracking jokes. Um, You know, uh, Wizards just put out Force Grey, uh, which, again, has several comedians uh, in its cast um, and is a a very funny actual play. Uh, The Adventure Zone, super popular podcast, um, three comedian podcasters and their dad playing D&D uh, is, a, is a great time, and I've laughed very hard at it. So that's why I wanted to talk about humor, because I think it's a big part of popular culture and tabletop role-playing games right now. Um, so I think starting off, uh, we should talk kind of generally about it, and we'll get more specific. So, like, when is it right to use humor and when is it not as right to use humor and rudy let's uh let's start with you when does humor work the best and when is it not good for me i always want to bring humor to the table uh i always want to make people laugh i always want to do silly things if it's possible for the environment but but even something like dark sun which is super, well, dark and depressing. <laughs> I think there are places where you can bring levity to it and still work in-universe. And I think that kind of brightens everything. Just to, to make some sort of joke, um, maybe use, like, graphic violence to, to bring <laughs> some, uh, some laughs to the table. But for me, just playing Dungeons & Dragons is about having a good time. And there is no better good time for me than laughing. Sure. So... I always want to bring uh, to bring the the jokes to the table, and I think a lot of people would agree with me. So I think it's really the DM's discretion to be like, guys, before we start this game, before we start this campaign, I just want to emphasize that this is going to be more of a serious role playing uh, a game, and that we should kind of move away from the jokes, move away from the silliness, and I really want you to explore your character and explore. Um, kind of uh, the seriousness of the situation. And I've played games like Trail of Cthulhu where where mm-hmm. we have tried to step away from the jokes because it is such a, a different kind of game. And, and I certainly think uh, it, it's very effective to play a game without humor from the start. Um, it's just a different experience and maybe not what most people would expect if it, if it hasn't been discussed beforehand. Sure. Yeah, and I think I think that's true of a lot of people. You know, we've we've played a lot of games with many different people. We've gone to conventions and things like that, and it always seems like everybody is down to have a good time. Everybody, the the default 
I would say is more Marvel in tone, right? Like every everybody. Sure, that's to, a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even when it's big epic adventure, people want to laugh and and that kind of thing. Uh, Robert, what about you? When do you think humor is is best used at the table, and are there times where maybe humor isn't the best? Well, um, you know, from when I first started, for whatever reason, I was never really into the humorous aspect of stuff. Um, like just you know even reading old dragon magazines you know sometimes where they had like the comics i always thought they were dumb and now that i go back i think they're funny but maybe i was just too serious as a kid but um <laughs> so i i was just never kind of into that aspect like i always hated kender i thought all kinder oh. should just be drowned oh well i, uh, I hate kender too i think that's a sm- that's the right idea <laughs> and so i i never and even to this day i i don't try to bring humor i'm not i don't i'm just not like a funny person that way but it always happens, right? Like people make a slip of the tongue, you know, do some double entendres, whether on purpose or not. Um, so I think during the game, as long as, like Rudy said, you know, it's not a super serious game, then then it's totally cool. Uh, especially playing like a D&D Adventures League. You know, a lot of times if you're playing Adventures League at a convention or at a store and you don't necessarily know everybody, humor is a great way to just kind of bring people together. You know, you can all laugh about something and you immediately have something to talk about later. Like, oh, remember this happened and we all laughed. So... I think it's really good for store and convention play. Um, and when is it not appropriate? I mean, I don't know. I think, like Rudy said, the only time I would think that it would, wouldn't be appropriate would be if you're, you know, maybe at the climax of an adventure and, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. you're waiting for a moment and, and you know, somebody cracks a, a, a dirty joke or whatever <laughs> that's maybe breaks the, maybe breaks the, you know, just breaks the feel of the game for the moment. But in general, I think, you know, we all kind of rely on humor to, uh, gel our group together oh yeah definitely i think you're right about it being an icebreaker uh, particularly in organized play situations where you don't know everybody at the table uh, that's very true and i also think you know a lot of the adventures league adventures have humor within them it seems like the writers are encouraged to not to go overboard right like it's not you're not in a cartoon world um but there there are funny moments and there are playful moments and and that kind of thing within the adventures themselves that can then spin off and inspire more jokes at the table and that kind of thing which i think is great um so michael uh what about you uh when do you think humor is good at the table and when do you feel like maybe it's not as good I actually want to take a, a kind of a step back to what you said originally, talking about some of the how actual plays are considered comedies. I think for most people, comedy is easier. Now, it still may be bad comedy. You know, you're probably not as funny as you think you are. And I'm sure we're all that way, uh, except for Robert. <laughs> uh, but I think when you try to do serious role play, if you're not trained then you're going to start feeling apprehensive. And almost like watching a scary movie, the way you relieve that anxiety is to make a joke. So it's almost like a defense mechanism where I don't want to be serious because then I feel silly. So I'll just be silly and then it's okay. Uh, So I think that's why a lot of us default to that. Sure, Uh, sure. For me personally, I prefer comedy that comes from the game rather than above the table. And I'm, I'm probably as guilty as anyone of doing it that way. But I would rather something happened in the game that was funny, kind of like what Rudy had said earlier about, you know, switching places and that even though that was tragic, it became humorous rather than someone commenting above board about the game, like at a meta level. Um, But even then, if it's a really dramatic moment, someone might make a meta comment that's funny that kind of 
breaks the tension. Everybody has a good laugh. But when we get back into the game, it's back to being serious again. So really, I think it's always appropriate. You know, if you have kids at the table and maybe someone's getting a little <laughs> bit risque. Other than that, I'm I'm all for it because again, like Rudy said, I play to have fun, and if I'm laughing, like I don't care if we don't get out of the first room. If we walk into a dungeon in the first room, we spend four hours, but we're all laughing. That's a great game to me. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're totally right. And it, and there is something to be said, certainly, for knowing your audience. For instance, if there's kids around, um, or if you don't really know everybody that well, maybe don't like jump right into sexual humor or, or something like that. Maybe test the waters sure. a little bit and see how other people make jokes. Uh, you know, and and obviously that's a whole other podcast. I think talking about like making people feel comfortable at the table. But I think, like Robert said, humor can make people relax and feel comfortable, particularly when you're in a situation where you maybe don't know anybody. And I think maybe that's why it it's, like you said, Michael, it seems uh, like an easier place to go because if you're going to come in and begin acting dramatic in some way, you know, dark and mysterious. And um, that if that falls flat, that's more embarrassing than like, oh, I made a bad joke and, you know, we can just ha-ha it off and, and everybody's right. uh, fine. Yeah. Whereas I think if you're setting out to write one of those things, um, uh, just from a writing perspective, I think comedy is really hard to write. Uh, you know, like like yeah. as a DM when you're sitting down to write stuff, I do think um, uh, comedy like, okay, I'm going to write a comedic scene, but I don't want it to be too weird. And I, you know, like that I find is, is more difficult for me. Um, maybe because I feel like the pressure is on then because I'm, I have in, in my mind, like I want to make people laugh. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you guys find that's true? Robert, you've written a, a ton of adventures. Um, when you sit down to write a humorous scene uh do you feel like that's harder than writing like you know a, a dramatic villain or something like that yeah i mean i would say i really haven't delved into that uh one of the things um mentioning adventure writing um from our some of the stuff we got from wizards of the coast kind of said don't actually try to write something funny like mm. you know some things you know you can put a funny name in and this or that um that are funny but if you just try to write something that's funny, it really depends on how it's played at the table. And so um, they kind of suggested to just sort of let the table, you know, come up with their own funny stuff other than, you know, names and whatnot that that are obvious. You know, like I said, I'm really not into the humor on, on a lot of things. And so I haven't delved into uh, trying to write that, sure. that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I, think I think it's that makes perfect uh, sense. You know, it's everything situational, right? Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I just was going to say, I think it's easier to play the straight man as the DM and let your players shine as the comedians. Because if you try to be the funny person and expect, expect them to be the straight man, they're going to end up shooting somebody in the face. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Right. Like, uh, again, it's all about the players taking center stage. Um, and I think that's a, a good call. Like, let them be the comedians let them be the stand-up comedy and let your uh your pc your npcs be the people that they get to make fun of that they get to take shots at that they get to punch the legs off of uh you know uh, uh that kind of thing i think is 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 perfectly true uh rudy um you know you uh you do a lot of writing uh you've written some adventures and stuff like that and then you've also you write a fantasy podcast have spellbook will travel um, you know, do you find which is great, by the way? Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> I've just started it first episode, but I love it. So great, it's, great job. 
It's fine. Um, <laughs> James, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, when you're writing an adventure, writing a funny scene is difficult, but I think mm-hmm. there's something to writing a funny NPC. Just the way you can say, act like this. And it, it can be, um, there's lots of ways. I'm thinking, like, if you have a huge, serious moment and you have that deadpan NPC that seems to, like, you know, kind of push the seriousness of these events aside, maybe that there's something funny there. Or, uh, I, I don't know. I, I understand that um, it is difficult to do that. Uh, but I think setting the tone with an over-the-top funny NPC and voices, I always encourage voices. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to set the tone at the table. Um, yeah. As the DM, if you do something silly, then everyone feels comfortable. Uh, I think there are ways to do it, but I agree. It is it is difficult. It is always difficult to force comedy on people. Mm-hmm. So it's finding that balance of being funny but uh, not too weird. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I read, um, you know, John Four, who writes RolePlayingTips.com, uh, that's his blog, he wrote this thing about goblins that was like, hey, you can play goblins as comedic buffoons, or you can play them as, like, sinister little gremlins, you know, like the, the gremlins who eat after midnight. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he's, he's so, it's so right, and I think that really goes along with what you're saying, Rudy, and what Robert is saying, and what Michael's saying, that, like, it's it's really up to you as the DM. Like you can take a description of a character and you can interpret it as funny, or you can interpret it as you know sad, or however you want to, and then let the players sort of run with it and and bounce back and forth with that character. I think is true. Uh, and speaking of PCs, so Robert and Rudy, you guys mentioned in your story like sort of laughing at the misfortune of uh, of PCs. Um, which I don't, you know, like, obviously, if we heard one of those stories about a person in real life who got their leg punched off or who, <laughs> you know, like, we would not laugh. Uh, right. But so so what is it about playing a game, being at the table that makes that kind of thing funny? Because I think it's hilarious. Like, I laughed uh, a lot at, at both of those things. So what what is it about that that makes the situation okay when it's in a in a fantasy world um and why don't we start with you michael for me i think what it comes down to is it's sort of it's an absurdity like you know it's it is just so absurd that that's what makes it funny that it's like okay so this guy like like you said you know he's on vacation he's having a good time <laughs> oh no the ship is on fire he gets safe he's cool crap now he's back in in it and that is just such an absurd thing to happen that just from a meta perspective, it just it's just funny. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's that combination. Obviously, right, we have that distance from it and we know it's not real. Um, but then it is. It's that that could never happen in the real world because we don't have, you know, teleportation and Avengers. Uh, and it's probably good that we don't, I guess. Um, but but yeah. we all laugh at America's Funniest Home Videos when somebody gets hit in the nuts because it's funny when people get hurt. And this is just taking that to an extreme absurd level. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, Rudy, what do you think? I think Michael nailed it. You know, there's this distance. You don't know these NPCs. They're extras. They're just nameless nothings. They're props. Um, if something like that were to happen to a member of my party, I would find it funny. But at the same time, I would, you know, try and help fix it. But these are these are nobodies. They're the random guy getting kicked on the nuts on the TV. It's just funny. <laughs> See, that's that even funny when you him. say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> I don't think of them as people. And I've had issues with that a lot is, you know, caring about NPCs, about quest givers. Um, it's just it's harder because the, the DM is already doing so much and, and being so many people that sometimes it's hard to to take nameless guy as serious as some of the other people in the game. Yeah. Yeah, that I think you're right. You're right. Yeah, that distance definitely uh uh helps. And it's it's also like, well, you took this guy out who who literally was just part of the background and now you've sort of made <laughs> him a star. Uh, you know, even even though it's he's got yes. his fortune, he's he's now a bigger part of the story. Uh, Robert, what do you think? Um why is it we're we're able to sort of laugh at the misfortune of NPCs? Well, one of the things I think is that um you know, they're not the main character, so it's just sort of like, you know, this person dies, and so it's just kind of, you know, you can make fun of it. It's not like the main, you know, one of the main players is dying or something. Um, but one of the things that I think that sort of adds to that, a lot of times when I'm DMing and, you know, somebody tells me how many hit points they did and that's enough to kill a monster, you know, I'll ask them, you know, what just happened? How did you kill that that orc or whatever and then a lot of times people you know go crazy with the descriptions and it's awesome and and sometimes it's super serious and you know you know it makes it dramatic and sometimes they're funny like oh i lop his head off and it falls into a bucket or whatever you know just just ridiculous things so i think it just adds flavor to the game even though a lot of times if we are trying to be serious like you know rudy was saying in dark sun it's a, a grim world but you can still have moments that kind of relieve tension um with some black humor yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and and that was that was what I was gonna follow up with you, Robert. You are like a, a dark sun aficionado, um, <laughs> to say the least. I would <laughs> I would describe you that way. And you said you do uh, sort of like more serious play, um, and I think dark sun kind of encourages that. So so within sure. dark sun, uh, are a lot of the situations you're laughing at are they normally darker? Are they like you know cannibal halflings and and things like that? Yeah, I think exactly like you said, you know, cannibal halflings and uh, a lot of the world is dark. And so in order to find humor in those dark things, it has to, you know, you have to find how that darkness is funny. Like what is funny about about an elf that has to continue running forever because he's undead now um, and he's been cursed. And so like you just have to find the humor in, in the darkness. And I think that alleviates the seriousness because, you know, we don't want to be playing like, the road, the RPG, you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to you know, still have some fun. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, there's a, in the beginning of curse of Strahd, right. There's this little paragraph that's about humor and about how, if your game gets a little too heavy and too depressing, maybe, you know, inject some lighter moments into it, even if it's darker kind of humor. Um, and Rudy, you talked about Trail of Cthulhu. Uh, you know, you've played Knights Black Agents and stuff like that. So the, those games tend to have a, a darker bend on them. Do you inject humor into those games when you're playing Trail of Cthulhu and things like that? I guess at certain points, uh, like Robert had said earlier, at a climactic moment, absolutely not. You know, this is like serious detective work or, <laughs> uh, or what have you. But um, again, I think he he said it perfectly. As long as it fits within the theme of the universe and it it can still draw a laugh, then awesome. But if someone's like doing something cartoon-like or ridiculous, then uh, it it just – it throws the players off, I think, 
because then they can be like, oh, well, now I can be silly, too, in a way that seems outlandish. And then um, that just can throw off the entire atmosphere of the game. And if you're mm-hmm. going for something like Trail of Cthulhu, where it was the middle of the night and we had candles lit and stuff, um, that can really mess everything up. And that's not what you want to do as a good game master or keeper or whatever you're called in Trail of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's sort of about reading the room. And and I do think conversations beforehand, if you're used to a, uh, you know, a sillier Time. I don't even want to say sillier, but if you're used to a more relaxed kind of humorous game, um, you know, I think it helps to have that conversation beforehand. Michael, what about you? You play a ton of different RPGs. When are situations uh, where you're where you're in a darker world or that kind of thing? How does your humor come out in those situations? I think, as Rudy was saying, it's it's sort of similar to me. Like if I'm going to play a board game night, you know, we we talk about what type of game do we want to play: co-op or competitive, light, heavy, medium. So it's the same thing. If you're picking an RPG that's supposed to be dark and heavy or have a lot of atmosphere, absolutely, you need to have those conversations first and say, "Hey, this is what we're playing tonight." Make sure everyone's on board. It's kind of like you know you're redoing the social contract that for tonight you're going to try to play it a little bit more serious. Because it works better if you agree to that. Uh, the one I can think of um, was uh, Simbarum or Simbarum. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's like a Scandinavian fantasy RPG. Very a lot of heavy atmosphere, kind of dark. And um, there were moments that, again, somewhat not really absurd, but there were moments that were funny. I think from top down looking in, but the game itself was quite serious. There were people that. No, they were doing bad things and they got punished. You know, I cut somebody's arm off because they were a thief. And, you know, I think the reaction to how serious we were taking it, just like, again, like a scary movie, kind of made us almost get giggles. But the game itself played serious. But as players, we kind of were laughing at the situations. I don't know if I explained that very well. But again, that, to me, there's those two levels. There's the game funny and there's our, our players playing the game funny. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's, you know, this happened when Robert was talking about punching the guy's leg off. There's things that you don't expect when you're playing a role-playing game that happen because there's a really dramatic dice roll. You keep exploding dice. You you hit a big critical. Um, you know, you have degrees of success in a game like Fate, and maybe you super succeed or super fail in some way, and then something happens. Or uh, you roll on a random table and something really weird happens. And I think those are great ways to get unexpected humor. And I don't know, what do you guys think? What would be your advice to players when talking about humor at the table. Mine would be like, hey, relax, and like, remember you're playing a game and just have a good time, and the humor will come naturally. Like, don't try super hard to make people laugh, you know, because then it's going to feel forced and weird. The same way if you tried super hard to cry at the table in a dramatic moment, and, you know, it would feel awkward and forced. Uh, But I don't know. Rudy, what would be your advice to, to players and DMs at the table about humor? I mean, for a convention or Adventures League game, I would actually say the opposite, and I encourage all the listeners to try and make jokes immediately, mm. just so everyone is comfortable. Sure. Um, sometimes, you know, playing with strangers can be strange. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was terrible. Please go down. <laughs> playing with strangers can be odd at first, especially if you have new players. So be the person to set the tone, and unless, um, I don't know, if the DM's like, don't do that. 
then <laughs> tell Robert that one of the Adventures League DMs is discouraging humor. Um, but I, I think that's a that's what I always try to do. If you play a game with me at Gen Con, I am trying to make everyone laugh. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think again, it's it's follow the DM's lead. You know what I mean? Sure. It's their game. Ultimately, they're the director of what's happening, and if they're coming at the gate with a ridiculous voice for either your first quest giver, then run with it. If they're being more serious, then kind of hold off and see where it goes, and if things lighten up, then by all means, try and crack some jokes. I think uh, Michael's got a great point with the meta layer and the in-game layer. Um, try and get a gauge for both of those. And then if you want to make jokes, make sure you stay within whichever is the joke layer, if you will. And um, just, yeah, like like you said, ultimately it's about having fun. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I think, and you know what, that is pretty good advice to to start by cracking some jokes if you don't know it, everybody at the table. I I do like that. Uh, Robert, what do you think? What would your advice be to people who want to make jokes at the table? Rudy said it really well. Um, I would just caution on like jokes at the table are one thing. One thing that really bugs me. Uh, it was actually just mentioned in, uh, I think it was in the Adventures League or maybe the D and D Five E group. I don't know. But people were talking about like joke characters, mm. and that really bugs me for some reason. I usually just kind of ignore that aspect of their character and just kind of move on. Like someone's playing a Power Ranger or someone's I don't know. Someone's playing My mm. Little Pony. Like whatever. Uh, just something that to me doesn't fit with the theme of the game um, sure but still and, and you know maybe it's a new player and so they don't have something they don't really know what they you know what the theme of the game is maybe or or whatever so sometimes you know i you know just ignore it because maybe they don't know or if they're doing it on purpose then i really ignore <laughs> ignore that aspect of it <laughs> you don't want to give um, them the satisfaction right yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um but i think you know like rudy said you know you just kind of uh, see what the DM is doing, and as long as they're not, you know, as long as they're not taking too much out of the out of the game. I'm usually a DM, so as long as someone's funny and it's not like, you know, it's adding to the game, then I'm I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Michael, what do you think? What would your advice be? I mean, I think you guys really have covered most of it. Uh, I would just reiterate the whole levels. I try to keep my my humor in character and in game. I think it's easier to do it the meta level. I think that's just like an easier way to do it. Um, and then just, you know, be cautious with risque humor, uh, because one thing, everybody may be laughing, but that may be because someone's uncomfortable, but they don't want to show it, uh, particularly at convention games or a game store. Uh, you know, you just, you don't want to assume that just because they're laughing that that's encouragement to go further. Uh, right. but puns are always funny and hits to the groin are always funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. If you want instant laughter, uh, <laughs> puns and hits to the groin. So, yep. and then I think, you know, Robert, you brought up a, a really great point about if somebody plays a parallel ranger, if somebody has a, a joke character and, and really that's the only thing about their character. Like if somebody has a one joke and that's the only note their character has to play. Yeah. Um, that is just as annoying as a character who is only brooding and won't do anything else and doesn't yeah, want to talk to sure. anybody. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Especially if it's anachronistic. 
Uh, I think that uh, that that's a, a a big thing when we talk about fitting into the world. Um, you know, when somebody makes a Power Ranger and shows up to a D and D Adventures League game, and they're they're you know yelling it's morphin time, and uh, they have a bow crossbow that looks like a gun, and they're painted bright green, and uh, they have a name like Jason. You know what I mean? Like that. Uh, I think can really break the reality. Um, and I think what it's what you should remember is that humor is shared um, and that it shouldn't be all about you. The same way you shouldn't make any D&D game all about you, you shouldn't make the humor all about you. The humor should be you're making a joke everybody recognizes and can laugh with and doesn't necessarily like totally break the immersion every five seconds of the game, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the way a Power Ranger character would. Uh, do you guys agree with that about an, anachronisms for the most part? I mean, obviously, the occasional joke or the occasional line from a movie, I think, uh, works really, really well. Um, but, you know, like sure. a, a whole character based on a, a, a Power Ranger, is that something that you would allow at a table? Uh, what do you think, Rudy? That sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, well, you know, with the Adventures League, you want to be very opening and accepting of any new players. Sure. Um, I, I guess humor them a little bit initially and then uh, challenge their perceptions, I would say. Try and get them to break away from that character by being completely contrarian to what that character is. Try and throw them off and make them think a little bit harder. Um but man, that would be so annoying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if there's a break, try and pull them aside and be like, "Can you just, you know, tone it down a little bit?" Or, um, I mean, because yeah, it can ruin the experience for everyone. It really can. If mm-hmm. someone is just so hell bent on being just yelling, "It's morphin time!" at the start of every fight, would <laughs> drive me insane. Um, I yeah, so. Be polite but firm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is. Uh, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, what about you, Michael? Uh, what? How would you uh, deal with somebody who's maybe taking humor uh, to the point of disruption in that way? It's it's really difficult because again, I want everyone to have fun. But if that person's fun is making other people not have fun, then it's kind of crossing the line. Uh, I'm fortunate that I I don't play a lot of adventure. I don't say it that way. I don't play a lot of organized play, so I don't have that type of situation where I have strangers. I mostly play with my home group. So we kind of, you know, we've been playing together now for several years. We kind of know what's acceptable and what's not. Uh, if I was to run a game at a convention, which I've done a few times, I probably would just dissuade that, that player because that's going to be part of the introduction. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm from the podcast. This is the type of game I'm running. What's your name? How long have you been playing role-playing games? And, you know, just like a, a, a meeting icebreaker, we're going to spend five minutes talking to each other. And if someone brings up that's the type of character they're going to play, I would want to find out why. What is it about that character that they think will be fun? And can I steer them into a different character that will also be fun for the same reasons, but fits within the theme of the game a lot more? You know, if they want to just be the person who gets to say wacky, crazy things, okay, well, be a bard or be someone who in the game has, you know, they were in the head too many times and they they have like Tourette's and some kind of weird thing. (laughs) You know, Uh, it doesn't have to be a Power Ranger or G.I. Joe cartoon to get what they want, I hope. Uh, But yeah, I think if. If I can't dissuade them, I probably would ignore it to a point. 
you know, like uh, quick laughter, but then move on to the next person. And, exactly. You know, don't dwell on it. Don't give them the spotlight that they're probably craving. And maybe it would help them in the game. Because I don't be mean to anybody. I mean, we're all there to have fun. But again, I'm not going to let one person's fun ruin it for everyone else. Yeah. And Robert, that's that's what you're saying, right? Like, is yeah. if, if you don't give them the time of day, um, then they'll eventually stop. Is that the idea? Right, more or less. I mean, just if it's, you know, over the top, like you said, you know, if it's minor and they're just kind of doing it to be funny a little bit, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, like Michael said, everyone's, you know, we're all there to have fun. So as long as it's not overbearing. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. So, and in a lot of cases, sometimes these people show up, you, you may never see them again if it's in a convention hall or, or that kind of thing. So, right. uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to make a huge deal out of it um, if it's not going to be a sustained campaign and, you know, if, if they're not being so super disruptive. So, uh, yeah, and if it's relatively minor, I think, you know, a lot of times you can also play to that, you know, for, you know, if you can think of something like, uh, I don't know, just off the top of my head, some, you know, someone's a ranger and they're really into Pokemon or whatever, and they're playing a Pokemon ranger or something, I don't know, then like, you know, you can describe one of the animals or one of the creatures they fight as, you know, if they're taking a, uh, a trophy, then it's, you know, whatever creature, some Pokemon creature, whatever. So like, you can play into that to like, give them the satisfaction of that character. If it's, you know, again, as long as it's, sort of like off to the side and you're just like, hey, it looks like this creature or whatever, you know, maybe that will give them the satisfaction to, um, you know, to have what they need and have a good time. Oh, there you go. That's a great idea, actually. And I am I have no doubt we're going to see a lot of Pokemon-inspired <laughs> characters at, uh, at Gen Con this year. Uh, so uh, no doubt about that. Uh, so, uh, so before we go, any uh, parting thoughts uh, about humor that anybody has that they want to talk about? Yeah, I'll I'll add a couple other things. You know, I guess I think one of the things, even though I, I don't play very humorous, one of the things I do enjoy is, uh, you know, double entendres. Those seem to come out a lot, whether on purpose or accident during a game. <laughs> um, and then just sort of, you know, uh, you know, a slip of the tongue. Like the other night we were playing on the Fantasy Grounds stream and there was a mention of a place called the uh, Black Blade and Bloody Boar. Um, that was a bar or a tavern, and, and somebody <laughs> somebody called it the Bloody Beaver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you and go. Just, you know, it just turned into that, and we just started talking about that all night. And so, those are the things that I think are are really funny when it's you know unintentional and it just sticks because you know it's just whatever aspect of it just makes everybody laugh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that happens all the time. Or uh, you know, there there are even game mechanical terms. I think that uh, that sometimes people will be like, "Ah, oh, what? Ah, oh, no," um, you know <laughs> that that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, I agree. I agree. That is uh, that's very true. And there's you know there's just ways. Uh, again, relax, have a good time. You're you're there with your friends. I think most people definitely know that. Um, I, I think we should take games seriously in the sense that you know we should get together and we should play them. But I think we should have a good time definitely when we are playing them. Uh, anybody else? Final thoughts? Yeah, I wanted to give just one sort of tip to the game masters. We kind of touched on this earlier, but but don't be too attached to your NPCs to the point <laughs> that you won't let them be the butt of a joke. Yes. Uh, because you're going to stifle humor and possibly agency if you won't allow your PCs to have fun at your NPCs' expense. 
they're there to serve a purpose, and that purpose is to forward the story. In some cases, they're for is to make the game more fun. Uh, so yeah, so if you have an NPC that you think is this brooding warrior that you want, you know, to to be a, a sense of inspiration, and all your characters start making fun of him for some reason, and that becomes the joke, just go with it. You know, you can still play at the straight man. But don't get upset that they are having fun in your game because to me that's just that doesn't make sense. Like stop having fun, stop <laughs> stop laughing. You know, just just kind of go with it. And then just the other side, same thing with with PCs. Sometimes you have to let your PC be the butt of the joke. Yes. Whether that's from an NPC or another player's PC, if you just cannot stand the thought that your character will ever be made fun of, <laughs> you're putting yourself in a in an odd situation, and eventually it's going to blow up For at sure. the table. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember in both situations that you are not being made fun of, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and then yes. it's the, the character. And that's, you know, the, some of the best scenes, right, In uh, to take it back to the Marvel movies are when Robert Downey Jr. is uh, saying something cutting to someone or somebody cuts him down in some way. Like, if you want those moments, you're going to have to let your NPCs get cut down sometimes. So I, I think that's a, a very, very good point. On that same kind of note with the NPCs, uh, you know, names, it kinda, I guess it kind of goes back to the tavern name too, but names are something that always, you know, people mishear something or they misremember something. Uh, you know, you have like like Michael said, you have your serious NPC, um, and then they your players mishear the name, and it comes up to some ridiculous name, and and that name sticks with them forever. And so, you know, there's always that aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. And uh, and it'll be like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, right, it's it's this ridiculous name guy. Oh, you uh, mean yeah, Flatjack? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go see Flapjack. He's a wizard of untold power. His name is not Flapjack. Yeah. Right, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah Flapjacks. We got it. Yeah. Uh, Rudy, what about you? Any parting words? Not, not really. Jokes are fun. I like jokes. Everybody make jokes. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, I think that is going to do it for the roundtable this week. But before we go, gentlemen, uh, let's let the listeners out there know that uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash thetomeshow or at thetomeshow.com in the show notes for this episode. Let us know what you think about humor in the table. How have you used it? Share some of your uh, fun at the table stories. I I enjoy reading those. So, uh, yeah, Uh, let us know, and uh, it would be cool to hear from you. And uh, where can people find you on the internet, Rudy Basso? Sure, I'm on Twitter at Rudy Basso. Uh, I have two podcasts. The aforementioned Have Spellbook Will Travel. It is a comedy fantasy audio play. You can learn more. Go to havespellbook.com. Uh, I also have a podcast on this very network called D&D V&G. It's kind of like a book of the month club for officially licensed Dungeons and Dragons video games. Uh, this month we are playing Birthright, the Gorgon's Alliance, which is a really interesting game based off of a really interesting setting that nobody seems to know about. So please give that a listen. It should be out very soon. If not, tweet at me and be like, Rudy, where's the newest episode? And I'll be like, oh, geez, i got to edit that. So <laughs> thanks. Nice, nice. And Robert Aducci, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at R-A-D-D-U-7-6. Um, I'm also on uh, Facebook and lots of the D&D 5E or just D&D groups. I'm also on all the D&D Adventures League groups, so I'm around. 
Awesome, awesome. And Michael, where can people find you? I am uh, on Twitter more than I should be. Uh, you can find me there at the RPG Academy, uh, our website, therpgacademy.com, and we also have a Facebook page. Uh, and I just want to throw out a quick mention that I'll, I do run a network of other shows. So if you go to my site, you'll see links to all the other podcasts that are part of our network, and they're all awesome. You should check them out, too. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for joining us on the roundtable today, Michael. Hopefully the first of many times. Uh, and uh, Rudy and Robert, it is a pleasure as always. You guys are certainly, you're not allowed to not come back, in fact. Uh, <laughs> so um, I will see you all on the roundtable later. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye. See you at Gen Con. Ooh. Yeah, Gen Con. woo <laughs> And before we go, each week we highlight a new product in our DMs Guild pick of the episode. This week's pick comes from author Patrick E. Pullen, and it is Puzzles and Traps. Available for $1.50, Puzzles and Traps gives you a whole bunch of new fresh puzzles, riddles, and traps that you can add to your D&D game. I know I am always looking for more and more of this stuff, and Patrick E. Pullen has provided for $1.50. There is a direct link to puzzles, riddles, and traps over in the show notes for this episode at thetomeshow.com. Thanks to my panelists, Rudy, Mike, and Robert. All right, everyone, you can find me on Twitter at James Intracasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Also, check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age, the 5th edition D&D world I'm building over at worldbuilderblog.me. There's tons of free resources for your D&D 5e games over there. And don't forget to check out Have Spellbook Will Travel, the comedy radio play podcast from Rudy Basso and I that's based on our D&D games. Check it out at havespellbook.com. I couldn't be more proud of this thing. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Special thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or the DMs Guild to help support the show and hey if you like the show please rate the tome show on itunes and like us on facebook keep on rolling and keep on listening to the round table